Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2020, the year of the original cyberpunk. Uh, my name is Crofton Steers. I am one of the hosts of Dungeons and Diapers. If you are just diving into this show for the first time as part of a New Year's resolution of finding awesome podcasts, well, we, uh, me and my co-host, who I am going to identify very shortly, um, are in the business of uh, talking about our lives, sort of how we balance our geeky pursuits with parenting at the same time. Uh, that co-host, of course, I'm going to toss a coin to him right now. I'm talking about Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan. Ah, uh, yes. Toss a coin. I have captured it and I have placed it in my little felt pouch. And uh, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here in 2020. I feel like both of us have been... Uh, encapsulated by the the Witcher on Netflix. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Um, yeah, good, good song. Stuff. It is a good song, honestly. I there's we're gonna talk about the Witcher. I feel like next episode. Next, we, we got lots yeah, of stuff, we should, but whew, we should man. get ahead out of the. There, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. We not only have we been away, but we've had downtime in which we can get into a lot of the dungeony stuff. Uh, in terms of a lot of the diapery stuff, well, we have a lot of Christmas experiences as well as like other sort of wintertime stuff. So there's a lot. There's a lot. We we parsed it down, uh, and so The Witcher is not going to make the cut this week, which will give us the opportunity to finish that show. I just have one question for you, yeah. Ryan, with regards to The Witcher. Have you? restarted playing the witcher video games i talked point. a little bit about this on the gamers in and i think I, i'm being so in 2020 uh i don't know if one of these days we want maybe next week we want to do like a, a new year's resolution but uh, honestly i don't usually do those because i break them in the first month if not the first day uh but my sort of idea for 2020 when it comes to gaming is that I am going to be more thoughtful about what I do. And yes, when I watched The Witcher, the first thing I thought is, wow, they really captured this world. Even though I've never read the books, the game, it, and I guess just goes to show, I guess, that the games did such a good job as well. Um, I need to play The Witcher. So, but then I immediately realized, no, I need to reinstall The Witcher, but play the expansions, never finish them. I'm thinking of doing Heart and Stones, because I know that one's fairly condensed and short and that's probably an achievable goal to go in play a four-year-old game and just focus in on that small chunk of content that complete story did you um so are you saying that because like like just to put it in perspective for me i finished the witcher 3 but i didn't finish either of the expansions is that where you're at that you finished the original game or you're just avoiding the original game because you know it's such a beast well i, I finished the original game my okay my, my thought process is basically like i'd probably be inclined to start the main game over again yeah that's I'm, where i'm at <laughs> i'm not yeah and i'm not interested in that because i know that's a that's a rabbit hole and i've got a lot of other stuff sort of on my plate gaming wise and uh but i want to experience it and i finished the main game i feel like that story i experienced the main game i don't need to experience it again but i i also feel like maybe i want to try out this sort of pre-made characters i got a new uh gaming monitor on, on black friday and i have a i have a new pc since i played the game first first of all so i'm hoping like I'll be able to kind of beef the graphics up because it came out like four and a half years ago. So a right, lot of folks sure. probably have new hardware, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the, the deal is that um, 
that it has more players on Steam right now than it has ever had, um, including the day it launched. Um, and uh, that is just a testament to to how like outside media like the show could can get people in the door. And I told Jesse, who was like, hey, we should watch that Witcher show. Now, one of the things we may talk about this a bit in Rise of Skywalker talk, but The Mandalorian, we finished that and my wife really liked it. And it's funny because there's so many parallels with The Witcher and The Mandalorian. But, uh, but then she was like, yeah, maybe we should watch that Witcher show. You like that game, right? Which is like telling a crack <laughs> addict, crack addict, hey, you like drugs, right? Um, mm. Because uh, The Witcher 3 is possibly my favorite game of all time. And I was like, yes, I like that game. But if we watch that show, I am going to fall off the wagon. And I don't have room in my life for that game right now. And she's like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's... It, it, and now I'm like, we're like four episodes in and I'm like, I'm just thinking <laughs> thinking about it every day. I'm playing like new games right now and I'm like, oh, I could be playing The Witcher right now. Uh, and so uh, so yeah, enough of, enough of The Witcher talk. I'm just saying that like I'm on pre- precipice's edge right now. Um and so I'm I'm being very conscious of this and I I think your approach may be the right one and maybe one that I look to do as well. Uh we can talk more about that next week. Ryan um, before we op- go into the dungeons or diapers, do you have anything to share? Do you want to talk about your New Year's resolutions or anything? What do you? What's up? Well, uh, I did want to share just an update for Extra Life. Uh, as a recap, I was able to raise a thousand one thousand one hundred and seventy one dollars U.S. for Sick Kids uh, Foundation out of Toronto, and I want to thank everybody. Uh, all the listeners of Dungeons and Diapers who who supported that by donating, sharing, uh, hanging out in chat, you know, just even tolerating these these small ad reads uh, at the beginning of the show, and and just supporting this great charity that that we try to try to do each year. So I I did I want to give everyone a shout out and just a quick update on on where we where we en- landed for 2019. Way to toss a coin to some sick kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spe- speaking of. Uh... Speaking of um, milestones and 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 over a thousand dollars U.S. That's like ten thousand Canadian. That's a milestone. Another milestone is that uh, my birthday was on December thirty first. I am turning. Uh, I have turned. I forty years old. Uh, so I am. You know. I think you could safely say an adult. I I no longer make the um, uh, you know top forty under forty lists. Uh, not that I made them before, whatever lists. Um, now you can be but, on the uh, top forty over forty. That's a that's a dumb, that's a dumb list to crack. There's a lot of crazy rich people. Yeah, there's a lot of um, old people that are cool, I guess. But uh, or yeah, so uh, <laughs> so so uh, so yeah. I just uh, I it, it's always sort of um, a weird conflict having your birthday on New Year's Eve. Um, you you don't want to guilt all your friends to making their new year's plans celebrating your birthday but in in my case it was a milestone birthday so guilt away right am i right yeah i'm right of course um yeah. it, and so um so we played uh i had uh mike and bo over from good bad or bullshit another fine podcast and um 
we played this game that I got from my lovely wife for Christmas called Gloomhaven. It is a uh, massive board game. And when I say massive, there's a sticker on the side that says, warning, heavy object, 10 kilos. Uh, and uh, that is goddamn heavy. So heavy that my wife had planned to give it to me for my birthday, but could not lift it to bring it down to the basement and hide it. So she just slid it across the room under the Christmas tree and said it was for Christmas. Um, which is great. It's a great game. And again, I would love to talk about it in more detail and maybe we will have time to do that. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be playing a lot of Gloomhaven in the future, but um, I'm cognizant of all the stuff that we want to talk about in particular. And I think we should start with the, the dungeons because it's sort of almost chronological here. We're going to talk about uh, some Star Wars, which um, we touched on last week. It was actually starting to feel like a long time ago. Uh, it was last about... year, really. Yeah, really. It was last year. Uh, uh, and so, uh, so uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker um, uh, came out. Now, we... You know what, Ryan? I'm 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 changing my mind as we do this because I'm I'm sort of thinking like, what are the chances? Normally, for our spoiler stuff mm -hmm. and and discussions, we normally bury it at the end and we go through a bunch of stuff and then we do it so people. But but I sort of feel like Rise of Skywalker is one of those things where it's like everybody has seen it and all the spoilers are out there, and and like we can just go into it now. What what's your take? What do you think we should do? Uh, well, I mean, personally, uh. It's weird. I think going to the movies to see a film when you have kids uh, and, you know, our show, we, we target folks who, who have kids. I think that's that's our that's our demographic. So I, I don't know. Like, I think people who want to see it have made an effort. It's been out for two or three weeks. I think the movie is as big as Endgame, but doesn't quite have the anti-spoiler sort of uh, community that that Marvel movies seem to have. Um, I think like with Star Wars, it's like two weeks and you're out. Like you just, we're going to be doing it. Like Baby Yoda, it was spoiled literally the day the Mandalorian first aired its episode. There was no shame there in posting those gifts. I mean, I get it. He's cute, but, um, it's, it's, no spoilers, but cuteness trumps spoilers. I guess like, ah, I, these Ewoks are so damn cute. I'm like, all right. You know, I guess I guess then uh, Luca resists and converts Vader, and and Vader throws the Emperor to his death, and then the Death Star explodes, and everyone lives happily ever after. They're like Crofton, you didn't have to give us all those spoilers. You could have just posted an Ewok gift. Yes, I'm like oh, of course. Uh, well, you know, here's my here's my take on this: is basically uh, it's our show. We can do whatever we want, and we normally start with dungeons. So let's let's do it. Let's let's do it. And I mean, people, if you, if you don't want Rise of Skywalker uh, spoilers, you may not also want us to talk about Christmas. And uh, that's what we're going to do after that. So <laughs> enjoy. I, I would I would say that, like, there is really one major spoiler of of Rise of St Skywalker. Yeah. Like when, you when you really boil it down, like, let's 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 go through just some very like we know that Princess Leia in real life, Carrie Fisher has passed. So the odds are, if you're like, hey, spoiler, she doesn't make it through this movie, I would be like, yeah, okay, that makes total sense. I never expected her to. But you they know? said, like, they, I remember in interviews they said, oh, we're not going to kill her off. It's like, well. Uh, no, I mean, I never thought. So like that to me is not, uh, not a big spoiler. That good overcomes evil at the end, that's not a great 
that's not a huge spoiler. No. I, you know, I would say one of the two spoilers that it is uh, leads to, uh, directly from the marketing material, which is um, that Emperor Palpatine from the original tri- trilogy is somehow back, um, and uh, and they they address this for all that it. It, it, that it is addressed and in all ways that it is addressed within the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Um, so it's not like a, 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 de- a deep uh, reveal of like, Oh, who's pulling the strings. And then it's revealed to be Palpatine at the 11th hour or whatever. It's kind of like, it's in the opening crawl for Christ's sake. I mean, he's the, he's the bad guy throughout all the movies as well. I mean, even JJ Abrams in an interview was saying, Hey, I mean, if you're surprised, then you must not have watched the other, you know, the first six films because honestly he's the bad guy and uh uh i yeah see here i would okay i don't want to get i don't want to get into too 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 much right yet because i do have some strong opinions about that sort of stuff because i feel like they painted themselves into a corner by not creating a, a, a a proper villain in this trilogy uh and so they're like well let's just dig up the last one uh but um he's not the but, last one he is the one like he's he's the bad guy right he's like ganon he's always there he's he's he is the bad guy i, I don't know it's uh i guess it depends on how you see you know the sith and the like in the jedi and all of that uh, but before we get before we get into the 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 nuts and bolts of it so i was i was alluding to the fact that there's two there's two spoilers mm-hmm. probably through marketing materials people are aware of palpatine being in this film and all of that the other spoiler i am going to say right now so if you do not want to know what the main other spoiler is the one that i think is an actual spoiler uh i would fast forward past the next five minutes at least of this no here's my thinking is let's let's talk about rise of skywalker and let's spoil it as much as we see fit and uh we'll put a time code in in the description i'll make a note of it when we stop talking about rise of sky because i feel like with star wars and i was like this with endgame like if i hadn't seen it yet i wasn't listening to anything i wasn't taking any chances so just so people are comfortable like let's just talk right, about right. it and I'll, I'll i'll keep track of when we finish and i will put a a little time code like hey if you want to skip rise of skywalker when we say stop listening now you can fast forward to this exact time code and it'll be all, all set. Right, so, i got you so, guys I got okay you. so ryan's gonna do extra work so that's awesome also <laughs> um it, it, the the stop listening time was in the past so if you've listened this far you've gone too far sorry about that all right and <laughs> the uh, test you all failed <laughs> the spoiler i was gonna say that is an actual spoiler is that uh is that ray is revealed to be emperor palpatine's granddaughter that was to me that's like you know in the first movie where you're like Han Solo gets killed by his son, Ben Solo, who is that guy, Kylo Ren. That's the, there was like, I was playing Battlefront and there was a guy with like the na- the character name Han Solo dies. Oh. And, uh, and you know, like that's, but in a way it was very brilliant how, how concisely that person spoiled the entire movie because each, each one has like sort of like a kick like that that you can sum up like what is the big spoiler uh you know i would say uh you know for for last jedi it it goes beyond that a little bit but you would say luke dies whatever han dies luke dies leia dies leia dies but yeah dies i guess eventually for reals this time 
maybe. No, <laughs> I he I I'm pretty sure he evaporated. Uh Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> Are you Whatever. questioning Disney's ability to bring back dust? Oh, well, I guess they've done it before, really with Thanos. I, yeah, I'm I'm saying like you just said it yourself, like if they've brought him back this time, when they when they fail to create a villain in the future, why not bring him back again? You know, like I'm just he's he's got endless lives. I think he has powers done. that people consider uh i forget what the line is now i'm gonna look horrible but like uh, you know the line he gives both anakin and kylo at the beginning of this the right. dark side has stuff that people consider uh uncivilized i don't know so you I, i'm curious i mean it feels like we're kind of dancing around it and i'll, and I'll get back to that point but first i want to sort of quantify it like you're a, you're a big star wars fan right yes okay now for me i'm kind of like a i would say i don't want to say like sideline sort of i i'm excited about star wars but i'm not like a huge huge star wars nut uh i'm just kind of i enjoy it for what it is i selectively watch oh i only watch the movies the mandalorian was the first piece of tv content i i've watched and enjoyed um not to, I know the Clone Wars and Rebels, whatever, it's fine. It's just, it's not for me. I don't have the time to sort of invest that deeply. But um, I, I, I would th- say, like, to put it, we've already established my bona fides as being 40. Uh, so I watched uh, on loop the VHS tapes mm-hmm. of Star Wars and the Indiana Jones uh, trilogies on at college. Like, I, I um, you know, had a, a, a house with, like, we were like five guys in this house or whatever. And uh, we constantly on TV, it was like, we didn't have cable or anything. So we just had VHS movies. And it was like one of those movies was on like pretty much the, and happy Gilmore, the entire, the entire college experience. Right. I walk in empire is playing or whatever. And I eat my sandwich and drink, drink my pop and go to class, come back and, return of the jedi is playing and somebody else is watching it so i i it's it's very much embedded and then my college experience ended in 99 with the phantom menace's release Mm. and that was sort of that that was sort of a big yeah it worked out was a big deal and and then uh and then the whole then the whole prequels and 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 um uh which i saw you know i saw in theaters i saw the special editions in theaters when they were remastered by uh, george lucas uh, and, um, and yeah, and, and then I've seen all these, these new ones, um, in theaters as well. And, uh, I would consider like, I was a really big star Wars fan at one point and, but everything that they have done after the, in, in the main Canon, uh, outside of like extended universe stuff that they've done since the original trilogy has just dampened my enthusiasm. And I think part of that has to do with aging. Mm-hmm. To so to rise of Skywalker, just bringing it back for a sec. My my thing with with this, and and I'm I'm curious about. I'm going to ask you what do you think about this movie, but I'm going to say what I think first, which is that I like I I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker as a movie. Um, I so this is where I stand with almost all the movies in this new trilogy. I enjoyed them all. On their own merits, I go to the theaters and I have a good time. Uh, and and uh, but I do, I do not think that this series needs needed to exist. And that 
tempers everything. So me, whenever I go, I'm just like, why? Like, I would to this day, I would have been happy if that the series didn't exist. And when I say didn't exist, the new movies, I don't mean that there would be no new Star Wars movies. I just mean that the Skywalker saga, what they're what they're referring to now would have ended with return of the jedi and that there would be a new trilogy and it would have new characters and maybe those characters would be ray finn and poe and and uh but it it didn't need to be sort of tied in with 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 everything else um and i don't think it adds it like it doesn't do much for me that all my old faves are in there so that's why i try to draw that line because i i don't mm-hmm. want to say i'm shitting on rise of skywalker i enjoyed it a lot as a film it has sequences that i thought were awesome i, re- I really thought it brought it, it a lot of pieces together uh it's just i you know the whole trilogy it now it's complete i can look at it and be like okay i could have done without that but you're, you uh, go go ryan i'm curious uh, what did you think in particular about this movie and then uh, what what did you think about I guess the whole trilogy. I guess like this is my problem with all Star Wars content and it and this can be applied to any franchise film, uh any sort of long-standing series, especially if it's like cross-generation. You know, I I would look at Star Wars and say like this is three generations of of folks and I mean maybe not literal generations. I know people have lived through it, but you've got the crew who grew up with the original Star Wars, you have the crew like myself who watched Star Wars because of the prequels. Um, and again, I, I I wasn't a big Star Wars fan, you know. Uh, I just I remember I got caught up with Episode One, and then everything kind of came after that. And and that's me coming on board pretty pretty late. Um, I mean, ninety nine, I would have been twelve, I guess. So is that right? I think that's right. Sorry, Crofton. Um, but my core issue with with trying to enjoy these Star Wars films, and I gotta say, I do like them. I really do. But my core issue is that the the, the folks who are very invested in Star Wars, usually based on their enjoyment of the original trilogy, uh, kind of ruins it. They kind of like overanalyze and they get in there and they point things out. Solid points. Solid plot holes. Solid issues with the story uh dropped plot points picked up plot points um they all make valid points and it's kind of like no you're kind of ruining it for me like i i really liked force awakens and then you know uh i don't know people kind of say like wow it's just a new hope again it's like oh yeah i guess i guess so and then last jedi comes out it's like i i kind of liked it it's like yeah but like poe should have been like sent into the vacuum of space he did something really bad and i'm like oh yeah you're right and they kind of just bring him back well okay and then rise of scholars i kind of really like that it's like yeah but they just brought palpatine back like how does he even survive they don't even address it and it's like oh or on the death star the star destroyers with the death star yeah just sitting there and crewed by a thousand look i I know that those movies are key are the movies are like um to a certain extent target you know youth and, and and kid um kid audiences uh and and um that's what i try to remind myself like for instance it i really like that this new trilogy has ray as the main character and it's a strong female main character i have two young daughters and then when i show them star wars the star wars that they will see is one 
you know, reflecting strong, independent women that are that take charge of their destiny. I really I, that I love that. Did did it need to do that to have her and have everything while also trampling on kind of my memories? And but by, by trampling, I mean, and I ta- I don't want to be redundant <laughs> that word right there I, is is literally like how I feel. People are they're taking. I get it. Like you love the original trilogy, and I respect that, and I love it, and. It's the equivalent of saying, like, you know, uh, they're ruining my childhood. Uh, I know you're not saying that, uh, but it's weird. Like, I like the new trilogy, and I like the fact that the new trilogy is within uh, the same universe and the same characters as as the original trilogy, similar to the prequels. I think it's amazing that there's a trilogy of trilogies involving the same actors and the way they did it, where they went backwards and forwards, and to tell this pretty much you know complete story beginning middle end uh within reason i think i think a lot of people are right and that the new trilogy feels the most disjointed and i think disney i don't know why but it feels like they didn't do they maybe had some points that they wanted to hit beginning middle end but it felt it feels more disjointed than feels like a bad game of telephone a, a little bit um and and you know there was I look back at the original trilogy and there were different directors across the board, but it was still George Lucas's story. Same Mm -hmm. with the prequels. I mean, he directed all three, but it was still his story. Uh, But when you look at the new trilogy, you've got J.J. Abrams and the Lucas uh, Arts uh, story group. It's their story. Then you've got Last Jedi. It's uh, Ryan Johnson's story and the Lucas group. And then you've got JJ Abrams back again and it's his story and he picks it up and he finishes it. If anything, they probably should have made it like what Marvel does is they've got one dude, they've got Kevin Feige or or however you pronounce his name. And he's got the story and then they hire the director. And that's why you have clashes of sort of, you know, content creators where it's like, Oh, we want to do this. It's like, no, it's not, it's not following the rules. Uh, I would have preferred to see that with this new trilogy because you do you do sense it, and you're right. As an as a as a, an aware adult um, who's not just there to enjoy the sheer popcorn nature of it, uh, you do notice these these missed you know these missed connections throughout the films. Uh, personally, I have no issue with a bunch of star destroyers suddenly existing. With, no, me neither. With with the technology to destroy planets. I mean, guys. It's a sci-fi film. Uh, we can wave our hand away from that. You yeah, know. yeah. That's but that's just I was using that as. But a it's a good example. Logic point. I want to go back to like what my my trampling on my childhood stuff because, like, what I mean by that is what I said last episode, and and I think that it it I I wanted to be I want to be very clear. It's that, uh, and I think I have been. It's that I have nothing against new Star Wars films. I don't see why they needed to make these three Star Wars films connected to the first six directly, other than having maybe C3PO and R2D2 back or something. Like it really, the, their plot about the rise and fall uh, of Anakin Skywalker and redemption of Anakin Skywalker was covered in the first six films. That is the Skywalker saga. This next three, like you said, not only are they disjointed. Um, collectively but they have no real association to the first six in fact the only association is telling you what your fan favorite characters have been up to for the past 30 years and that is my my 
it was when the movies were announced before I saw a single frame of a single film was my biggest beef. I'm like, look, they had a great ending uh, in what is majoritarily like a children's film or a, a, a film where a happy ever after dancing in the Ewok village. Like, what do what do I need? Like, if you're going to if you're going to show if you're going to because the only reason to include these old characters is to get to old fans. That's why like you're not little Timmy doesn't give a crap about Luke Skywalker coming back as an old man. They're there as fan service for the older fans and to get them back in the door. I am one of those fans. So you're telling me, OK, here's Han Solo, your 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 old fave. And, and this is Han Solo is the textbook case uh, of the point I was trying to make earlier. I loved him in The Force Awakens. He Harrison Ford did an amazing job of just jumping back into that character. Uh, his line about that's not how the Force works and how his delivery of it. Oh man, I, I thought he was amazing. Um, but really, I could have done without him in the movie because. All I found out was that he had divorced Leia, that he, he his son had turned evil, he had been back to his scoundrel ways as an old person, like going around with his life partner Chewie in sad, abandoned vessels and like just finally getting his life back together. Luke is a hermit on an island having like tried to kill his sister's son and, and and Leia is like, you know, trying to hold it together. And then, and then movie by movie, you get to watch each of them die. Um, and, and like, for me, it's like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Maybe that's what some people want. But for me, it was not what I wanted. I, if I'm going to do a victory lap with these characters, then I just want, <laughs> I, I just want to find out, Hey, they've all been doing awesome. And now they're going to kick some ass and teach the next generation. And because that wasn't the case, because they decided to go the complete opposite direction and make them have all shitty lives. Um, I was just like, and, and that's clear from the force awakens. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were really upset with the last Jedi. Uh, and they said like, look what they did with Luke. And I'm like, I'm like, were you guys not paying attention in the force awakens? He exiled himself to this friggin' Island. It made himself really hard to find. Like, I mean, he has already had a shitty life. Like you're like, Oh yeah. Luke's life's been shitty. And he tried to kill his friend's son. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Perhaps that makes it incrementally more shitty, mm -hmm. but it was shitty from the, it was pretty shitty from the hop. So, so that's that's I, I like I don't want to harp on that. I'm just saying that like as a whole, for me, I would have really preferred it had they just gone with the fresh faces. Um, the beginning of the Force Awakens before any of the recurring characters are introduced is so strong. Oh yeah, and you would you would have just had all of that. And and then and not not had to deal with the the baggage and and the angry fanboys because. Up until the release of The Mandalorian, I would have said you can't make everybody happy. Uh, but then The Mandalorian went and made everybody happy. And then I realized, I'm like, no, no, you can make people happy. You just need to, like, get away from – you know the the past like you like what what they say in the second movie there let it die or whatever and move 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 on a bit it's got structurally strong bones uh, of all sorts of stories you can tell in this universe yet you're just going back and and you know either telling the same ones mm -hmm. or about the same character so that's that's my rant on that but then 
scaling it back further to rise of or rise of skywalker in particular i don't want anybody to think i dislike that film in fact not only did i like it like that last scene there where where ray is going and burying the lightsabers on tatooine i was like and and she's in the lars homestead and and she surfs down her her um in the same way that she does in the force awakens, which is a throwback to her, but also a throwback to sort of like Luke and, 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 uh, and uh, I, I legit had tears in my eyes and I am not ashamed to admit it. I was like, Oh man, they're, they're getting me with this little, with this little kicker at the end. And, um, and, and I, I hope to think that that's the closing, the official closing of all, all these characters and that they're going to move on to, to, to new stuff. So I definitely enjoyed a lot about the movie. I had a really good time. I had a big smile on my face a lot of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think it's a good movie that's been unfairly panned uh, by some critics. I think it, I think it was a good movie. Uh, I just, you know, again, like I'm not going to rehash what I said about the whole trilogy. I would have done it differently. I would have planned it better. But but mm. uh, but uh, the movie itself was fine. I can agree with uh, I, the planned it better statement. I, I think it just for me. Um, I it's different with the original trilogy and the prequels. Uh, I I wasn't as uh, online with those type of groups. Uh, you know, I wasn't seeking out you know I guess Star Wars forums. I was just enjoying the movies and I was able to enjoy them on my own terms. But I think with these new with the new trilogy, it has been a lot of. Uh, we're in a new social media age where it's been it's been tough to sort of enjoy the movies in a vacuum and uh, they are fun to discuss Uh, I've certainly had multiple conversations with friends uh, and it's just I like that they brought back the new characters I I totally see your point where it's like yeah it's 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 been a rough go for these characters and you kind of don't want to see them sort of uh you know, have hard times since they just went through three movies of, of hard times. Uh, but I mean, Lando seemed to be doing okay for himself, right? Like he, he seemed fine. Yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you, uh, what, what the backstory of Lando is because, uh, yeah. Oh, well, whatever his, he had a daughter, (laughs) she got, she got kidnapped and put into slavery and he's searching the galaxy for his daughter. Uh, so yeah, he's what? Uh, is that he, canon or is that uh... yeah no that's canon. It's it's uh, it got cut. There are scenes that got cut out of the film, and that's why that exchange with I think Jara Jara at the end of the movie, or, like oh yeah, well, let's find like, out where you're from. Yeah, let's find her together. The the concept is that there's a strong possibility that she's his daughter that was abducted. They say at one point there's this thing about how they went around abducting children. <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, I, yeah, his his great. life sucks okay. too. So I just I just <laughs> want to point and putting it in language you may understand. God it's like it. if they it's like if they took a break after Endgame and then they came back in 30 years from now and took the characters that are still still alive from that film and and brought them like they had a whole bunch of new superheroes and they brought them back and each one they they're like here's Tom Holland Spider-Man he's been addicted to morphine <laughs> for 30 years uh to to keep him from thinking about the horrors he witnessed with Thanos and now he's getting his groove back one last time oh he got killed oh everybody cry now okay. you know like um, yeah. so I... so that's it's it's like for me it's that's the thing it's like you have more of the emotional connect it's where you have your emotional connection for me growing up 
was with these figures from this uh, franchise. I just wanted to see if they were being brought back. I wanted to see them done right by it, which is funny because I know for a fact that Harrison Ford has wanted Han Solo to die since the original trilogy. So He's maybe like, that's uh, why that one doesn't bother a lot of folks is because, no, well, he, he wanted he wanted to he, die. <laughs> That's what I he think wanted. he only came back to kill off that character. Like he said, he's like, I think it would have added more gravitas if Han had died or whatever. He was like trying to kill Han Solo for years. So like, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he's like, I'll come oh. back under one condition: we kill that motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like, well, okay. Let's. Uh, so I think we've we've established uh, we've talked a lot about sort of the our thoughts and feelings on on the the overall yeah. sort of rise of skywalker i personally re- i did really enjoy the film i had I, I thought it moved incredibly the pace was just super speed um i've seen online like a lot of the writers were saying oh we wish we could have done you know we, we could have harry pottered it two two yeah. films i would have appreciated the two films i could certainly see where they could split it but honestly the pace only confused me in a couple of moments uh there was the moment where ray uses the uh, the force lightning to destroy one of the ships by accident yep. supposedly i didn't un- i didn't quite understand the connection there there was some some kind of moving pieces all at the same time like did she actually blow up the ship like that actually happened right yeah she blew up a ship but there were two transports and it yeah. happened to not be the one with chewbacca on. and supposedly if you watch the film a second time you can see that there's a second transport at and one i point. do remember there being two and that's where it was like why is everyone so broken up? She blew up one of the ships. There was two. I mean, obviously, you your your thought immediately goes like, "Oh, Chewie might have been on that one." Like a fifty fifty chance, I suppose. But well, they made it. So here's like, uh, I'm. You're gonna do it again, are you? Did Chewie's uh, uh, Chewie's recovering from uh, some sort of? <laughs> Chewie yeah. actually had a pretty good go, except for watching all his friends die. But he's used to that. I mean, he's like so, over two hundred years old. I was just gonna say that, like, I didn't want to shit on this movie. Uh, really, I I don't because I I did enjoy it, but it did twice in this movie. It uh-huh. took a character from the original trilogy, Chewbacca and C three PO, and it made it oh, yeah. seem like it made it seem like they were being sacrificed. And and then there was like this big emotional beat and stuff like that, where where it would be like you know C three PO is like I'm just taking one last look at my friends and then i'm like you just met these excuse my language i'm very sorry you just met (laughs) you just you just met these people like i mean i guess i guess there was a time jump between films and they're they're your friends and but i'm like this is a moment for c-3po and i'm really sad because he's one of my fave characters it's too bad i know he's gonna still be around but he's not gonna have any of his memories oh wait they gave him his memories well no one cared like honestly like everyone was cracking jokes that he didn't i was like oh i'm not gonna get used to that or can we shut him up or something and and really like they weren't your friends c-3po they actually really didn't like you uh I think they they were kind of they it, it's always that sort of like um, they want to recapture that Han Solo vibe. Uh, I suppose where where Han Solo is always said, can, can we shut him up? But uh, but I did I just found that both the Chewbacca scene and that scene worked in a way where like they worked on me. I'm like oh god Chewie. I'm like that's not how Chewie dies, is it? I'm like oh my god, that's horrible. I'm like he got shafted even worse than the others, <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then of course like he he's not dead and then i'm relieved oh thank god chewie's alive and like wait a minute 
that was really douchey. <laughs> like, well, they made and, me think Chewie was dead. And then they did it again with C-3PO. They don't make you think he's dead, but they make you think like... Well, the C-3PO, you, know, you, you knew... And they've done it before. Like at the end of the prequels, they, they wipe his memory, right? And then, oh, do they? Yeah, like or that. else he would know he would know Anakin, right? He, he doesn't seem to remember that he was built by Darth Vader. Yeah, um, seemed... but the, you're right. That's a good point. And I think maybe that's where if they, if they had split it into two films, you could hang on the ending of the first part being Chewie's dead. CPU yeah, yeah. C3PO <laughs> has his memory wiped and, <laughs> and you're like, you're literally crying as the yeah. movie ends with, um, probably some one of the failures like i'm trying to think like but that's what they did you know i laugh at that but you're right because that's what they did with han solo and empire like han solo gets frozen in carbonite mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god he's screwed he's dead now everybody knows that carbonite you just get unfrozen or whatever but but at that time it's like oh god he's turned into some sort of statue he's whatever and then the movie ends and, and they've got to go find him and and all of this and then he's found fairly early in the next movie uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it is it is interesting. Had they made that separation, maybe it wouldn't have bothered me uh, so much. I just look. I need to see some good things about this movie because um, I really like. Uh, I really did uh, enjoy it. I really liked the the visuals. The Last Jedi was hard to live up to because it had amazing visuals. Mm-hmm. But um, but this one had really good ones too. That whole uh, festival planet, like where where. Uh, where they're on in, where they meet Lando and stuff. And then that, that leads into those, um, that sort of uh, um, chase with the stormtroopers on those mm. sand crawler bikes and all that, all of that was, uh, was super awesome. I know people are coming down hard on like a chase for a MacGuffin, you know, the Sith orientation crystal, whatever that will lead them to that planet. Oh, but I don't, that was, fine. I don't care. Yeah, that was fine. It was, it was awesome. And, um, the tie-in with the Mandalorian and the Force healing, which has been prominent in video games but never really shown in, in movies. Like the fact they're like, okay, look, there's Force healing. Here's Ray healing this creature. It was very important um, to to sort of set set the stage. I I'm curious um, based on this movie, like who was your of the three uh, say leads, if you will, um, Finn, Ray, and Poe. Who is your favorite, least favorite, middle favorite? Um, I think Ray Ray is definitely my most favorite, and i i want I want more. Uh, and and I, the first thing I said to my friend was, uh, and I might have even said it to you as well. Uh, again, who is also a friend? Um, but I'd said <laughs> I didn't want people to take that the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just glad it's over in a sense that this is this is over this trilogy is over people can now people can move on but then someone said to me like it, you're crazy no it was jocelyn she said like it's not over like it's disney it's star wars they're gonna keep going and they'll probably bring the three characters back and they'll do like a, a new trilogy with these new characters uh or whatever um but i i like ray i want to see more of ray i hope um I hope Disney sees fit to kind of do something interesting with that character moving forward. Uh, between Poe and Finn, I'm fine with Poe being done with, and I think Oscar Isaacs is also fine with that. But Finn, I would love to see more of Finn. I, I think they they do a bit, they do some some weird stuff throughout the films uh, that they don't explore enough of, like his history as a Storm as a stormtrooper. Uh, but then also alluding to the fact that he's force sensitive. Yeah. Um, 
you could do more with that. But Poe is is done. I think he can kind of like walk into the sunset. I don't need to see him again. I don't think he has that same uh, fervor that you had for Han Solo. Um, no, it's it, it's interesting because you're echoing my thoughts exactly. So okay. Ray is number at the end of the Force Awakens. Ray and Poe were up there, like they were like pretty pretty even. I thought the Force Awakens was uh, sorry, uh, Finn and Ray were up there. I thought the Force Awakens was Finn's best movie, um, and uh, I was really into him in that movie. Um, and uh, and then by the second movie and onto the third movie, Ray had clearing away like she was she was the coolest, she was the shit, and uh, Poe had his whole like whatever meltdown in the second the second film and then uh, this was probably his best movie the third movie uh in terms of being kind of a, a likable character but it was not enough for me where i would i'm like yeah he, he he was he was all right but he never really resonated with me and mm-hmm. this was the first film that brought the three of them really together as a unit in which is funny because the you know, for the original trilogy, the the first movie, they're all escaping, you know, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. They're all escaping the Death Star together and like are pretty much celebrating together and Han is going to walk away and he comes back and he saves Luke and then they, Leo awards them both medals. Like they all have like this moment of, of sort of fraternity that binds them in that first movie. And the force awakens didn't do that really. It did with Finn and Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, um, but Poe was always like, what, what's this guy's deal? Like, he's just like a hotshot ace. And they kept, you know, they're like, no, no, he's a main character too. Look at Poe. And you're like, all right, all right. Whatever. I think Poe, uh, he works as a character in the moment and I get why he's there and I'm fine. He's there and I like him. I just think that his story is is done. Like I don't know if there's much more for him to do. And I would kind of say the same thing um, to a certain extent. Kind of in the same. He's kind of in the same vein as Lando. Like Lando did some stuff. He was there, but he's not yeah. as core as the other three, right? right? So Lando coming back for this one, I think, makes sense because he's one of the few OT characters you haven't killed off, and he's still willing to do Star Wars or alive. Uh, I should have just said he's alive. Um, but uh, Poe doesn't need to come back. But also, if they if they did a, a Disney Plus Poe series, I think that'd be interesting. He's He's got more um, history to dive back into. I mean, even though the First Order uh, and the New Order or the Final Order or whatever they end up calling themselves now has been dealt with to, to a pretty finite degree, um, there's still scum and villainy out there that Poe could interact with, right? Uh, whereas with Ray, like they have to come up with a new bad and with, uh, Finn, I, I, he'd also be really interesting to see going forward. But again, uh, I really didn't understand the bad guys in this entire trilogy. Like I really, hmm. didn't, I didn't really get where they came from, what the deal was. Um, well, they don't they... explain it really. Like here, here's the thing. Like if you play battlefront two, they kind of try to allude to the, the, the battlefront two story kind of tells a little bit of the in-between, like right after Return of the Jedi, Palpatine does this like Project Cinder or something, which is a bunch of robots go out and, and deliver messages. Because again, like Palpatine's, you know, dealt with, but the Empire still exists. It's in shambles, um, but it's still, it still it still exists, it still has power. 
So they keep moving forward. Luke starts to try to find, like, there's that connection to The Last Jedi and finding the map to, to Kashyyyk, or not Kashyyyk, but um, what's the island he's on? Uh, Arto. Or Arto or Arto. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. And uh, there's little connections there, but the First Order is basically the rebranded Empire, and they just, they're able to build up as they go. I mean, there's still the question of, like, how they turn a planet into a a giant planet killer i'll never understand that but i think uh the bad guys are the empire they're just been rebranded and palpatine is pulling the strings through the whole thing like i i think they allude to the fact that snoke was a clone that that palpatine and his followers had created and he's like kind of puppeteering him which i thought was really cool because again like oh where's this snoke guy he's so mysterious it's like nah he's just he's literally a pawn uh that's been crafted which i thought was uh which, which was neat i, I like that oh yeah i if you're gonna if you're not gonna go any further in him and like to to make it like have those bath tanks with like multiple snopes mm-hmm. snapes or snopes or whatever i thought that was really cool i also really liked um one of the the new things that i really popped for because we talked about the three mains but um kylo ren obviously is uh, a super awesome character mm-hmm. it's too bad uh w- 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 i never felt that he worked as a big bad because it was always clear to me that one of the the big struggles of this trilogy was like he was taking the anakin role um where it was going to be like he was going to you know uh, come around to the light side in the end so there needed to be somebody for him to overthrow and all of that and and so he never worked at the end of the last jedi i remember when it ended and they're flying out in the millennium falcon i'm like so the big bad guy's kylo ren now i'm mm-hmm. like that that kind of doesn't really work and then of course it didn't work because within the opening crawl of the next movie they're like oh yeah the emperor's still here uh he's come back from the dead uh but the uh the thing that that i i want to say about uh, this movie in particular, but all of the movies really, is I really love the the Kylo Ren Ray stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the Force Dyad, the the fact that they paid off this, especially visually, it's just like when she's up in the um, in Kylo's ship in the room with the Darth Vader mask, and he's down on the planet, and the camera is panning around them, and it's oh, switching, it's switching areas and stuff. I just thought that was amazing and then later uh, to pay that off the fact that they're able to interact um through through the space like he rips the necklace off her when she's on the planet and all of that um with that that moment where he, he's become ben and everything in his his physical presence shows that he's no longer the same character which is so awesome um and he reaches behind him and she she die hard uh the the, the um the uh the lightsaber behind her back. I'm like, that's a weird way of putting her lightsaber away. And then, uh, and then he pulls it out. Oh man. I popped for that. That was like, that was, that paid off that whole angle. And I, I thought it was pretty awesome. The whole, I, we are going a little long, but I think this movie is worth it. And, and the, the fact that it caps off a new trilogy of a, of a, of a film series has been around for 40 years. Uh, it's important to talk about this, but I, I loved the introduction of those sort of force connections between Kylo Ren and Rey in The Last Jedi. A lot of people were kind of like rumbling about it, but I really liked it. And and I think Rise of Skywalker, like Snoke in Last Jedi says like, oh, I'm the one connecting you two. I'm the one doing it. Or Palpatine is the one doing it. But 
Rise of Skywalker proves that it is literally just their connection uh, between Kylo Ren and Rey. And that, that moment when she passes the lightsaber to him and she, Rey, uh, finds a way to bring him back um, to, to the light side, even with, you know, uh, Leia's help and kind of reaching out to him. And then she literally stabs the dark side out of him and then, and then heals him. Um, I thought that was a good... I, I, that was a good believable moment but then you get the surprise of uh of han solo coming back as sort of a hallucination memory um, yeah memory type thing and I, I love that as well that was good i mean that goes back to your idea of like you know the fan service but it was a good one i i i'm glad he yeah, came that, back to do it because that's his last that's his last scene as opposed to the last you know, him being stabbed by his son yeah right yeah. right so you you get that and it's it's tough to come like when when his st- son stabbed him and I, at that point in the force awakens i was like man that's that's tough to come back from uh and and like the only thing would be maybe him not doing it to leia uh, having a similar situation and not doing it and he he does in the last jedi hold off on shooting leia ship and all that but but um, he's not, I, I, you know, like for me, Han Solo needed to come back to sort of close that loop. So I, I'm glad that that happened. I, I again, like I just the one thing I, I would throw to the listeners, because I know that we got called out by Jordan on Twitter, who said that our conversation on Star Wars last time killed him <laughs> because in his mind, those sequels are the bomb. Uh, I, I would just say I don't. Like I get that they're interesting and, and they're cool movies. I I just don't understand um, why they needed to be so intrinsically attached to the original trilogy. Um, and uh, I just you know there are we are adults and we're always going to dissect the like you know the plot holes and the what mm-hmm. have yous and all that's that's going to happen a, a lot more. I think there's a lot of exciting stuff in this in this film and in the trilogy for me, I, I, I just think um, in the end, I don't foresee watching these films. Like I watched the original trilogy and oh, will continue to, yeah. to watch the, the original trilogy. They haven't resuscitated or rekindled an interest in, in me, but maybe that's not the intent. Maybe the intent is my daughters. And if that's the case, if that's who they're going for, then they should have left. They should have gone for that and left out, a lot of the other stuff. And then I, I would say even to that, like the stuff that I like the most about it, like the intense emotional Kylo and Ray stuff, that's almost a little too old for a lot of the people that would be watching these films. It feels a little like you look at the last Jedi in particular, that feels like a filmmaker's film. Uh, it, it, it feels like a little too intense for the audience, mm-hmm. uh, unless it's, unless I'm the audience, in which case I don't like it because it's shitting all over the lives of my favorite characters, you know? So it's, it's, it's a tricky act. Um, and what gives me the most hope is the existence of the Mandalorian. I love, love, love the Mandalorian. And for me, um, I know there's future star Wars films that are in development Hmm. and they will not be saddled by all these preconceptions that folks like I have all this stuff from the past. They will move on in their own way and do their own thing. And I'm really, really, really optimistic that some of those are going to be super awesome because I love the star Wars universe. Yeah. And so uh, so I think the one thing we haven't talked about was the fact that Ray revealed to be a Palpatine. Um, How did you feel about that? 
that's the one where they say a lot of the critics are saying like, oh, you know, they're going back and forth. Her and uh, Rian Johnson and J.J. Abrams, like, oh, she's, you know, it's it. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't really care too much. Now, either way, like I was like, okay, um, you know, that's it makes it that she's born from evil stock and has become good. Um, that's that's an interesting thing. Uh, but uh, but aside from that, um, it it was not. Uh, I, I I it didn't really do anything for me to be honest. Like, but I didn't hate it either. I was just like, okay, that feels like a substantial reveal. Um, it would have almost been more of a reveal had Palpatine not been already returned in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, like like because he's he's there already at the beginning and he's talking to Kylo Ren and he's doing all this. So if like that was the moment, if say they had hidden all their marketing, right. And then at that point, her parentage is revealed and then it's revealed that somehow Palpatine's still alive. Yeah. still alive. And that's a huge twist that nobody knows before going into the movie. I think I would be feeling different about it and talking about it different. The fact they led the marketing with it or had a lot of stuff in the marketing. Uh, I think if they hadn't killed Snoke, you could have uh, you could have kept Palpatine in the shadows until the the last third of the movie, um, and it, and it would have worked. I think I think her being a Palpatine kind of goes back to like okay every powerful person is going to be a descendant of somebody that doesn't necessarily need to be true um but this kind of reinforces that idea but it also goes back to the fact like you know you aren't who your parents are uh in this case um she's more like her parents than her grandparents because uh her parents did the selfless thing of of giving her up to protect her and then keeping their secret to their grave uh literally and then but then at the end of the film, when you have the interactions between Rey and Kylo Ren, uh, well, Ben Solo at this point, uh, and they and they, they fight uh, off Palpatine, and they kill him, basically. So they end this threat. Uh, it was weird to see sort of... Uh, it was nice to see... So here's the thing. I thought it was funny where like uh, Palpatine says like, oh... Uh, I'm going to do what your father did to me and throw you down a pit. And it's like, yeah, but that didn't kill you. So why are you throwing Ben Solo down a pit? Like, I don't understand the logic here. Um, didn't didn't kill him either. I know. And that's I thought that was kind of funny. I did, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a poke. It was just I thought it was kind of funny. And then he comes back. And then Ben uh, revives Ray. Ray comes back to life, kisses Ben. And then Ben, like, falls back and dies. And then fades, fades out. Um, it almost feels like in Star Wars, if, like if you do one big selfless act, uh, you 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 get to sort of transcend. Is that is I guess I mean we don't know if that's how that works, but like it seems well, to be it, the case. Without going full nerd, no, of uh, course Je- not. <laughs> Jedi Jedi's um, are able to become one with the force force sensitive folks or can become one with the force they become can become force ghosts and stuff as obi-wan strike me down and i will become more powerful than you will ever imagine like that that stuff can happen that's why han solo is clearly a memory he's not like he's not presented as a force ghost or anything like that when he comes back um so but yes the the way that they have set 
um, the series uh, is that like uh, generally somebody will do something heroic in the 11th hour, like Vader checking the emperor to his doom and then die immediately afterwards. That allows them to avoid dealing with the messy aftermath of what, like if you look at everything that Darth Vader did in the prequels, in the original oh, yeah. trilogy, the stuff he did off screen, it's like, yeah, he, he just saved his son. Yeah. That's really great. But like if he was, let's say he was fine to go and Luke's like, Hey, let's hit the space shuttle. Come on, dad. And then they run out. Well, there would be a lot that would have to happen. It well, would be he'd very be tried for war crimes at the very yeah. least. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I, uh, I, and so so that so they have to kill them off, uh, just plot wise, because Kylo has uh, again done a tremendous amount of evil shit, and uh, and then uh, and so, but yes, that r- one grand gesture will likely ensure that he lives as a Force ghost for all eternity. Well, for me, I I mean, you say that and like you know having to give the character sort of plot armor in a sense so that he can continue to be uh this this character we know and love without the the conflict of of him being reintroduced into society as ben solo as opposed to kylo ren uh if there was one more movie like if there was an episode 10 i've almost i almost would have liked to see him stay alive to see those interactions of him coming back and then having to deal with the only person on his side being ray essentially because leia and han have both passed on um, but but you're right in terms of like wrapping it up in a nice neat bow and being able to move on that makes the most sense I, I i liked that whole final battle i thought it looked amazing and i think they did a really a, a really good job by it uh and then like you said the ending capped out uh tatooine with the two rising suns uh and you know the woman asks like oh what's your name uh ray ray skywalker she takes the skywalker name so again like skywalkers still exist in the world but you don't necessarily need to do an episode 10 of the sky the skywalker saga is complete but still can continue in the background um it's kind of an it's kind of a clever way of capping off one thing and then moving on to the other not that i'm saying they're going to do like a whole new trilogy with ray and ray skywalker or whatever but um I, i i don't think this is the last we've seen of these characters well, in terms of wrapping it up in a nice, neat bow, we will leave it there and move into other nice, neat bows uh, in a second. But before we do, I would just say to listeners, if you guys have conflicting uh, opinions or other opinions on Rise of Skywalker, we would love to hear them. Um, you know, Ryan and I went through some some of our sort of uh, places of origin. We'd like to hear where you're coming from as a new fan, a long-term fan, uh, you know, somebody who likes this trilogy as much as the old ones, more, less, uh, all of that. Um, we would love to hear from you. That said, um, we spent a long time on the movie, which was warranted, uh, and that will do for Dungeons this this episode. We're going to move right into diapers, and we're going to unwrap things with uh, nice, neat bows. And I'm talking about our Christmases, Ryan. Christmas is over. We both have multiple children. How did your Christmas go? Uh, you know, I think in terms of the kids' Christmas, it was a lot of fun because both are at the age where they completely understand what is going on. And uh, I think I talked about this last episode before Christmas and that, you know, I have a friend who has a child just 10 days older, a week older than Abby. And they, and his anecdote was that she doesn't even know what's going on. Abby is, was fully aware. 
Santa, cookies, Christmas, everything, gifts, all the whole nine yards. And uh, so they both very much enjoyed uh, their Christmas uh, morning opening gifts. They really liked it. And that's what it's about. It's about the kids. Um, But for me, I think the interesting part is always, you know, traveling and interacting with the rest of family with, with kids. That's I think where we we struggled over Christmas, but I think the kids still had a good time. Um, I think Abby, both Abby and Caden were at some point, they're sick again, but they were sick over the Christmas break as well. And that kind of threw a wrench in things. But all in all, I think they were very happy with uh, with everything and how it went down. And I had a great time. Caden got a bunch, like our house is now 50% more Paw Patrol. So I always appreciate, you know, that growth in market. Um, I'm tripping over Paw Patrollers and Air Patrollers. Ashley found a couple. Um, don't tell Kate. Kate, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but uh, you know we Santa picked those up used because they are expensive. Um, but it's awesome what you can get at, at a fraction of a price. And you know the kids are at an age where they don't care. Maybe I'm a bad parent. I'm a frugal parent. No, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, we had a good time. We had a, we had a good time. Uh, a little late on Christmas Day. That was that was not good. Like we got back and it's literally like, all right. Well, Boxing Day is screwed. Uh, not that we were doing anything interesting on Boxing Day, but no, I always miss Boxing Day. Like I'm I'm just there's too much stuff. Like in terms of shopping or whatever, there's too much stuff going on still mm-hmm. on Boxing Day. For for us on this Christmas, um, again, like the kids, Gwyneth was so excited. It was so cute. Like the night before Christmas, she's like, Daddy, I, I'm just – I cannot sleep. I am too excited. And I said, no, 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 calm down. Like, well, if you don't – you know, she, I told her – I made the mistake of telling her about the NORAD Santa tracker. Oh. And she was, she was in every two seconds like, where's Santa now? I'm like, still in Africa. For Christ's sake, go to bed, you know? Uh, but uh, – <laughs> But um, but yeah, so so it was it was really fun and and um, and you know Clara is just like she can say you know Mitmus, uh, which is Christmas and uh, so she's saying Mitmus Mitmus tea Mitmus tea and pointing at the Christmas tree and it's um, it's pretty it's pretty cute and she got into like when we did the presents and stuff and we we opened them she was really she at first was like what's going on but by the end was totally given her like just ripping open the gifts but um uh one thing that happened to us was a combination of um uh, sickness so clara was sick and uh, her our teeth were coming in and she was waking up like 10 times a night and we were getting very little sleep and freezing rain uh which led to us not going where we normally go on Boxing Day, which is to my wife's family, uh, which is about a five-hour drive away, and we stay for multiple nights. And we love seeing family there. Like it's, we only get out there twice a year, pretty much. Um, we're going to be looking at going in February during the family day long weekend, but. Um, for us, uh, this was uh, a no-go this year, so it was a last-minute cancellation, but it meant that we had a lot more time here to kind of unwind and mm-hmm. use our gifts, and and we went to a couple of local family things around here, and that was really fun, and it was a surprise that we were going to be there. Everybody thought we were going to be away, so we, we we got to surprise folks, which was great, and, um, and the gifts that Gwen got were really – have been – great hits she got a guitar a little kid play guitar like oh um, nice 
and uh, I don't know anything about how to play guitar. So it's the blind leading the blind, but she had wanted that. And so she got it and we gave her like this sort of um, this wooden uh, play castle that she plays with her figurines in. And she's, she's really, um, she's really enjoyed that as well. Uh, and Clara, unfortunately got a lot of these toys that make sounds when you press buttons. Uh, so now we've got a bunch of them that take batteries and that, play stupid annoying songs that i hear all all day now i sound like a curmudgeon yeah um but but uh but yeah so it was just it ended up being a it was like a really good time and again like i mentioned off the hop my 40th birthday is then december 31st and it's just like it's one thing after another and um a lot of gifts parties getting together um and and that so uh so no it's been a really really great great time and because Mm. of that i'm um I'm like uh, drowning in content to a certain extent. Like we we talked about how this show we're focusing on Rise of Skywalker, but like just a, a short list. Like I'm I I mentioned Gloomhaven already. Uh, I went skiing with uh, Gwen for the very first time today, mm-hmm. um, and that was really awesome. A really great experience. I'll talk about it on a future episode. Um, downhill skiing, that is. Uh, I, I played, um, I got a new, new switch, uh, pro controller as well as a, a game called astral chain, which, uh, oh. is, uh, an interesting one. And I've been playing and enjoying that. Um, there's a, you know, we, we talked about sort of the witcher I'm reading. I, I haven't, I've been neglecting reading for quite a while and I'm, I'm reading, uh, the, uh, uh, the first book of the Expanse series, which is a TV show now on uh, Amazon and, and that, that the latest season just came out. But I haven't seen any of the Expanse, the TV show. I'm sure I would love it. But I've also heard good things about the book. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to give the book uh, a, um, uh, a go through and I'm 150 pages in. And it's quite a it's quite a page turner plot boiler uh, um uh, detective story to a certain extent set in a sci-fi setting. I really like it. So, so that's, that's uh so I got a lot, I've got a lot of, I feel like I have plus, you know, the ever growing temptation of uh, the Witcher, the video game. Um, there's a, I feel like I have a lot of stuff, but not enough time to do it. Oh, and Gwen and I are playing a, a new game. I finally got her off goose game. We're playing this game called unravel two. Uh, which is an amazing game to play with your kids. And I will also talk about that uh, next episode, but those are all the things I have got going on. Yeah. Ryan, did you want to do a wrap up of any sort? Uh, Well, I I would say, you know, back on the, on the Christmas stuff that I think that uh, the most fun I've had is when I, we got the kids back into normal routine and we just, we've been spending more time as, as a family. Cause again, our routine when I'm working, uh, and Ashley's working is essentially we have one day a week where we're all together and that's Sunday. Um, so it's been nice to basically have every day to, to kind of hang out. And the other thing is with Christmas, I think this is the first year. And I think Abby's a little more advanced a- at this stage in terms of where Caden was at two, in terms of them asking for stuff like both Caden and Abigail asked for specific items that were attainable that we were able to get them like they didn't ask for a unicorn they asked for like Caden asked for the paw patroller and the air patroller which ashley was able to find um used through her facebook groups uh and you know gently used like they're very in good shape uh and and that allowed us to basically load them with a bunch of paw patrol toys that he could play with and then abigail asked for like a a new stuffed kitty 
and a stuffed monkey because she's big into like stuffies. So she was over the moon with those. And it's just it was a lot of fun to just be able to spend time. But we, we did. I did enjoy going. You know, we went to my parents for a couple of days and that's where we saw I saw Rise of Skywalker with uh, with a friend of mine. And then, you know, uh, Christmas with, you know, the other side of the family as well, where it's just it's tough. Like, I know, like, holidays is all about, you know, going outside your your comfort zone. But I just I wish that we wouldn't we didn't really have to, like, upset the routine, because, again, like during the day, it's like, oh, it's just one day. But really, it kind of messes with the whole thing. Like Abby was sleeping at my parents, but she was sleeping in a crib or a playpen as opposed to her normal crib. So she wouldn't sleep. So Ashley had to be with her all night. And then that ruined the next couple of days where we literally had to come up with a system of like, how do we get her to stay in bed? Turns out you just hold the doorknob until she realizes, oh, she's not getting out. And she walks back to her bed and falls asleep. It's like, well, you little bugger, I shouldn't have to like lock you in your room so you sleep. But evidently that's the, that's the goal. But, uh, but now we're, we're back to sort of normal and we're really enjoying it. I'm having a, having a fun time sort of just hanging out with the kids and, and playing with their new stuff. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for sure. I, I should also mention that I, and you may be like this as well. I think you are. I benefited from two full weeks off of like, I've been using my leave in coupled with statutory holidays and all this. So, so like I go back to work next Monday, but I have been off and because we didn't travel that added that, you know, gave me time that I didn't necessarily think that, um, I would have. So I think you as well, you've had this extra time with the, with the kids and, and uh, dealing with sickness and what is a busy time uh, of the year for that sort of stuff. So, uh, um, so yeah, no, I, it's been, it's been really, really busy. I know that the new year will be uh, super, super busy for us. There'll probably be tons of great content that comes from uh, raising, uh, the four children we have and the one that you are about to add to the world. Um, and so uh, I look forward to that in the, uh, in the new year before we go. Um, I'm just going to go into the mailbag. Uh, actually, Ryan, why don't you, do you want to do the, the, the yeah. mailbag here and I will do the, uh, the business at the end. Of course. So we got an email here from Derek Hey, Ryan and Crofton, Derek here, Korath in the chat room slash Twitter, with a perspective from your last episode that had to do with gaming with the kids. My kids are 10 and 8, and my son, the oldest, is on the autism spectrum. You could classify it as being high-functioning or on the Asperger's side. He has difficulty with fine motor skills and has a hard time paying attention to things that take a long time. He also gets frustrated very easily, and if he doesn't master something almost immediately, he gives up quickly. This is my success story about Super Mario Odyssey and assist mode, as well as Spider-Man's story mode. Without mm. making it too long, these modes made it so that my son was able to beat both of these games this year. As you both know, each game is long, how many hours were put into each of them, and he was able to make it through with a very minimum amount of help from me. I'm so glad the game developers are making games accessible, physical and non-physical. My wife asked me why I listen to the show when our kids are older. I replied that it's in solidarity with my fellow dads and public servants. Sincerely, Derek. Uh, yeah. And I, because it's awesome content. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. I mean, that, you could have led with that, and maybe he did, and he didn't want to appear as, as though he was pandering. But uh, we do appreciate you uh, you speaking the good word of the, of the show. Um, I, I also agree. I, I like the idea that more games are establishing 
um, you know, co-op outside of the norm, you know, I really love, and I've used your anecdotes when it comes to Luigi's Mansion, I love the way they implemented co-op in a way where the second player can check out whenever they want, um, in a sense where they can kind of just hide back into their shell until they're ready to come back out and assist uh, going forward. You know, I think that's a really cool mechanic. Um, it is, it, and the fact that the the Luigi character is 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 can do everything essentially Luigi can minus walk in water, and and can um, is essentially invincible. It's it's great in particular for for younger kids. Um, I would say that um, the game that I'm playing now, uh, Derek, is called Unravel Two, and it is like you're these two yarn guys connected by a string, and there's platforming involved and. It's um like your kids are older. They're not necessarily going to have a ton of issues with the platforming, although there are some frustrating bits. But the game allows you at any point, two things. At any point, one of the characters can hop on the shoulders of the other character, pretty much like just jump on his back. And then it it makes it essentially a one player game for that duration. So if you're playing it with your kids or something like that, uh, and there's a tough part or a part that they're just frustrated by, um, you can be like, here, hop on my shoulders for this part and I'm going to do it. Um, but in between them doing it themselves and you doing it entirely for them, because the two characters are connected by a string the whole game, one of you can sort of make progress and then pull the other one up. So you can skip sort of like little bits of puzzles and then do little bits it's it's sort of complicated to explain but i would definitely recommend that as a game that may work a little bit better and um for playing with somebody who gets frustrated very easily and for playing with uh playing with your kids because luigi's mansion and this game playing them pretty much back to back um it really makes me recognize that um the the, the developers are starting to be mindful of that sort of stuff like thinking about playing with kids in particular. Um, and in between those two games, we played the Goose game. And one thing about the Goose game that I will say is uh, it is really chill and relaxed, um, even though you're causing absolute chaos as a goose. And uh, sometimes Gwen and I were playing Unravel 2 and there would be stressful bits. They're not very stressful, but like she would be getting legitimately stressed. And I would say, let's take a break and we'll play the Goose game instead. Um, and the Goose game is pretty fun because it's a total sandbox. You can do whatever you want there and mm -hmm. cause the amount of chaos that you want. Gwen does a, a zillion different things. Again, I recognize your kids are older, but the Goose game applies to pretty much any anyone i just want to say that it is really cool like those those notes about the assist mode and the story mode and the the, the when i think about accessibility in games i often think about people that that you know microsoft released that controller with the modular buttons and the big buttons and um and about allowing people that aren't able to have a full range of motion to to access your games but i hadn't thought about it from the sort of high functioning high functioning autistic point of view where you could you know like there's there's um personality attributes and different attributes that that uh that making games more accessible like having the easier modes mm -hmm. are are a good like to me a really good a good reason uh, it's a good reason for them to exist but on top of that it doubles is a good reason to allow like younger kids to play these games because i remember super mario odyssey like that assist mode i've thought about it for a while i'm like when gwen now gwen is able to play in a 3d space 
before when we played Mario Odyssey, she was only four. She could only play as the cap. Now we could revisit that game and she could play as Mario, but she's not ready. I think for full tilt Mario, she would need the assist mode. So, I mean, it works in that way too. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like the platforms uh, Derek has access to is the Switch and the PlayStation 4. If you're looking for another game that uh, your son might enjoy, similar to um, Super Mario Odyssey and Spider-Man, not in terms of an assist mode, but a story uh, and a very accessible game, actually another Insomniac game would be the Ratchet and Clank series. They did one game, I believe, maybe they did one or two games for the PS4. Either I way, think they only have the one. I actually the Ryan, remake, just... is it? I just got that game. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on sale for like ten bucks, and I I had it shipped with a Christmas gift. I, I have it shrink wrapped, but I've just I went on Common Sense Media and stuff, and I took a little look at it because I was like, you know, I keep thinking about kids' games on Switch, but I never think about the PlayStation ones um, as I look for kids' games. And uh, but Ratchet and Clank, it seems like it's more geared for like an eight and ten year old. Like for Derek, it would be great, but I think it may be a little like it's all about shooting dudes, you know. So, but like cartoon dudes uh yeah no i i think uh i yeah the one it's a uh, the ratchet and clank game is a um, it was paired with the movie but it's essentially like a reimagining of the original ratchet and clank uh i'm thinking of the, uh, the they did a whole trilogy on the ps3 which was fantastic hasn't seen an hd or a, sort of a remastering or re-release on ps4 but the ratchet and clank game that came out for ps4 is fantastic very accessible um i try to think of like other games on the ps4 in terms of um you know ability to kind of just pick it up and go and it's very tough there's a lot that just have like a lot of like build up uh, like horizon zero dawn has it's a very it's a there's a lot of patience involved with that and even i've gotten to the point where with horizon zero dawn where it's like i just want to go i don't want to have to like set up the traps and 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 do this thing uh the payoff is usually worth it but again like ratchet and clank would be a good one to look at and as crofton said it's probably deeply discounted very often um that would be my recommendation if you're looking for another title and you might have already played it so uh because it's it, but it kind of flew under the radar, I feel like, because it was paired with like a movie and it wasn't a new game, but sort of reimagining. But check it out. I'm, pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure some of the other Mario, the 2D Marios have the assist mode as well. So it, anyway, it's it, it for sure is a good point. I'm going to think about that uh, in the future, looking for those types of modes as I get Gwen into uh, as I get Gwen into games as well. So I will thank you so much, Derek, and please anybody else who wants to write in, we would love to hear you from you fellow dads. And if you have uh, kids of a different age or uh, you know that have different. Uh, uh, requirements like Derek's uh, does. We're really fascinated by that stuff. It's really interesting to hear. And I think listeners would be really interested. So please share your experiences. Um, so you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. All our episodes are listed on there. Uh, they're also in your latest and greatest podcatchers. If you want to go on, you can subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. You can email the show like Derek did. That's dad at tgistudios.com. Dad at tgistudios.com. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Ryan and I are both individuals of individualistic natures. Uh, you can follow myself at Crofton Steers, and Ryan is at R. Murphy. And that's going to do it for the a very first 2020 episode of Dungeons & Diapers focused on... A 2019 film 
and a 2019 holiday. Mm-hmm. But from here on in, it's all next year, folks. So stay with us. And uh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. And uh, see you next time. Mm-hmm. Have a great week, everybody. Are you going to talk about a board game you played in 2019, though? Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everyone. God damn it, Ryan. I'll play it again, all right? Okay, good. You got two weeks. Make it happen.